Certainly, the December holiday season is a time of gift-giving extraordinaire. But cultural historian Lewis Hyde was intrigued by the whole notion of the giving of gifts, and his study titled The Gift has become a book artists give to one another. The Gilbertson-Muhlenberg study Translucence tells us that in his book, The Gift, Lewis Hyde uses the anthropology of gift exchange to find a language for art. In his analysis of ancient cultures, folk tales, and tribal communities, Hyde describes the relationships formed when commerce is based on giving gifts rather than selling commodities. Hyde lists several characteristics that mark the gift exchange. First, a gift is used but not used up and even increases in material, social, and spiritual ways as it becomes a return gift or is passed through a community. Hyde comments that this increase is not profit, capital earns profit, and the sale of a commodity turns a profit, but gifts that remain gifts do not earn a profit, they give increase. Secondly, gifts can transform the receiver and bring new life. A gift passes through the body and leaves us altered. The gift is not merely the witness or guardian to new life, but the creator of that life. Lastly, gifts create bonds between the giver and receiver and can establish and maintain community. While a gift culture still exists in many families or communities today, the modern world operates mostly in a market economy. Only in It's a Wonderful Life, the film, do banks give us money to buy a house and then hope for a return gift. Rather, when we sign a mortgage, the bank maintains ownership of the house as collateral. Hyde writes, equitable trade is not an agent of transformation nor of spiritual cohesion, as is art, which Hyde argues belongs in the gift world. For Hyde, music as gift means that it will give increase, perhaps in spiritual ways by changing the receiver and even creating new life. This increase is not interest, but a benefit that transforms the receiver. Musical experience by shaping us into givers and receivers forms and maintains relationship. Anna Seti adds that Hyde's is a call to use the gifts we have been given it is the talent which is not in use that is lost or atrophies, and to bestow one of our creations is the surest way to invoke the next, writes Hyde, who cites Homer's hymn to Hermes. Hermes invents the first musical instrument, the lyre, and gives it to his brother Apollo, whereupon he is immediately inspired to invent a second musical instrument, the pipes. The implication is that giving the first creation away makes the second one possible. It is in this context that we'll learn about a gift to a parish community in Scranton and a gift they will surely share with the community at large in all the ways Lewis Hyde lays out. Mother Rebecca Barnes, the wardens and vestry of St. Luke's Church in Scranton, are excited to announce the receipt of a 1994 Steinway Model B Grand Piano as a gift 
from generous donors in the parish and friends of the parish from the community at large. The commemorative edition piano honoring Steinway's 140th anniversary is 6 feet 11 inches in a mahogany satin finish and now adorns the nave. We had a chance to speak by Zoom with Reverend Rebecca Barnes, rector of St. Luke's, and violinist Sophie Till about this special gift. We were very fortunate to procure a new piano, and it is a beautiful Steinway B. Uh, It was actually made for the 140th anniversary of Steinway and Company, and so it was a limited edition piano. And it came to my attention. I just happened to ask someone in the music world locally. I said, you know, if by any chance you happen to hear of a piano that's available that someone wants to get rid of or whatnot, let me know. I said, we really could use a good piano at St. Luke's. And lo and behold, the very next day, I got a return call and said, you're not going to believe this, but I have a piano. And so we were very fortunate to purchase it. And through the generosity of several donors, we did just that. And it now graces our nave. (laughs) And so we felt it was important to have a dedication concert to dedicate that piano for our use here at the church. And so it was recommended that perhaps Sophie and Ron would do a recital for us. And I said, I think that's a phenomenal idea. And so I reached out to Sophie and she was thrilled to do that. And Sophie, you've done performances with Ron over the years, and it's a very special pairing. You don't probably need to talk when you get ready for music very much because you have worked together on such an intimate level with the greatest music. So what were you thinking, both of you, when you have this honor of being the musicians to introduce this beautiful Steinway piano? We're we're always delighted to have a reason to spend time together, (laughs) rehearsing, talking about music, It's really an ongoing conversation between us. Every time we get back together, we just pick up where we left off, which is what's so lovely about it. And Ron already tried the piano. Uh, Last week, he had a go on it. And I know he knows a lot about it. He actually understands the numbers in the piano, which don't mean anything to me, but he knows what those all mean in terms of Steinway pianos and, and different models. So he's he's really delighted to play it. And how lovely to put the two instruments together so that there's there's a violin to accompany the piano in this celebration. And I know, Mother Barnes, so many musicians love to have a chance to play at St. Luke's, not just because of the beauty, and we'll ask you to talk to us a little bit about that, of the space itself, but because of the acoustic and the warm welcome they receive as well. Thank you for that. Yeah, we're very fortunate. The The natural acoustics of St. Luke's are such that it's just a wonderful place to perform in. And as we recently had the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic Chamber Concert, and the musicians that played kind of expressed the idea that the room is very true in that you you hear it. I mean, it's very live, but it's not over overdone. So you really get a true sound of what you're hearing. And it, it's wonderful in that sense, I think, for the musicians and to have a great sense of, of the ensemble and the connection with one another. You're not hearing an out-of-balance kind of situation. So it's a great place to perform in in that way. And Sophie, when you and Ron talked about what you'd like to perform, certainly the instrument is the guest of honor in the performance. 
And so how will you show off this beautiful Steinway? Um, definitely the instruments, the guest of honor, and, and the space, indeed, as, as Mother Barn said. I mean, the space, you know, silence is the opposite of music, and the space that we're in performing is the background in which we put out this music. So it plays a huge role in how the music is communicated and setting up that atmosphere and what type of silence we're surrounded in within which we create this music. So that's, that's really very special. So we're playing four sonatas. There are no solo violin pieces. That's not appropriate for this. <laughs> so we're going to start with some Mozart. Uh, it's hard to play Mozart and not smile. I mean, it's just every time, you know, if you haven't heard some for a couple of weeks and then you hear something, it's like, gosh, every time just makes you smile. So we're going to start with the C major sonata and then we're going to go completely the other direction and play Schnitker's sonata number one for violin and piano, which requires Ron to leap inside the piano and damp various strings to get a, essentially a sound that, that matches the violin pizzicato. So there's some fun effects going on in there. And Schnitke has really an extraordinary ability to, to use very discordant sounds, but in a very poignant way. It's extremely touching and heartfelt music, even though it's not what we expect. You know, we, we're used to hearing things that clash or that are discordant as, as being unpleasant, but he manages to incorporate this poignancy to everything that he writes. So, and it's a fun piece. It's got some jazz, blues things in it, some unexpected things in it. It's, it's fun. So it's a good piece. And then we're going back the other way and we're going to play the Schubert fantasy. This, this is really a very special piece. So Schubert, he did, he wrote one big violin piano duo and then some small sonatinas. But this is really the great piece that he wrote for the two instruments. And the fact that it's a fantasy suits him, I feel, think much better than the sonata format. You know, he's so magnificent at writing miniatures. And because it's a fantasy, he can move through different sections rather than trying to construct a, a large scale work in like sonata form. And so it's much more suitable for what he's so brilliant at. And it, it must have the most glorious opening of any piece. It, it really is an extraordinary beginning. And then we're going to play Ravel's sonata for violin and piano, which is unusual because it's such a, it's such a clean texture. It's really more like a, a trio, two parts in the piano, one in the violin. Uh, Ravel really understood that, you know, as, as the sonata sort of violin piano sonata emerged, the, the piano was getting, the piano side of things was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So you've got a nine foot instrument against a 14 inch instrument. <laughs> so he has a totally different approach and he completely goes the other direction and uses the piano in a very different way. And that's, that's really lovely. It's, it's this beautiful, clean, clean kind of texture between the two instruments. And Mother Barnes, when you hear Sophie's description of these pieces, we ask, what have you been thinking about in the course of these distressing times that we're living in about the power of music, whether it be this extraordinary chamber music we'll have a chance to hear, 
or some of the performances like the Lyric Consort that will be coming up in St. Luke's. What is the gift of the world that such music is? Well, it's interesting. We had a concert just a couple weeks ago, and I think we all had that sense of, oh, it's so good to hear live music again, because you can listen to a recording, you can pull up something on, on YouTube or whatever, and it's wonderful that we have access to some of these things so readily, but to sit and to experience live music and the interaction of the music and what the composer has written and the performers and their interpretation and the gift that they're giving to that in the crafting of that and taking what the composer's done and giving life to it in such a special way. It's just profound. You can't, nothing else is like live music. And we've all been so um, holed up at home right now. And uh, I think rightfully so, afraid to go out for the past now almost two years. But it's uh, nice that we are able to start to come out of our shells a little bit now, <laughs> out of our places. And again, just to hear this is, is extraordinary. I couldn't agree more with Mother Barnes about the, the need for, for live performance. I mean, I think while the access to YouTube and, and recordings is fantastic, the downside is that we very often don't really listen. We don't give it the attention that it's really due because it's so accessible. So if the phone rings in the middle, we shut the recording off and off we go into the phone conversation. So I think that that's actually given live music a deeper meaning because it does require us to take part as, as a community in the performance, whether you're listening or playing. And it's a complete experience from start to end in, in a special environment. And Mother Barnes, what are your dreams for the piano? It's a wonderful thing, and you're just welcoming it into part of parish life. Well, I think predominantly in the liturgical music, we use our pipe organ, which was, of course, just renovated and upgraded in 2017. But the various groups that have performed at St. Luke's and enjoyed that very much have been primarily, as you mentioned, Lyric Consort, which was a, you know, an a cappella group and uh, other groups such as that. But we haven't really had the opportunity to be able to have groups that would be able to benefit from having a very fine piano. And certainly be doing chamber music now was not typical of what we would do. So I truthfully, you know, whether it be rehearsals for larger ensembles or whether it be chamber music or choral music, even solo piano music, it, it really opens up possibilities for us that we have never, ever had it's at St. Luke's, and I'm just, I'm thrilled about it. And can you tell us the particulars so that we can make sure that we're there with you to celebrate? The concert is on Sunday, December the 19th at 3 p.m. Uh, tickets are free through the generosity of a donor who has underwritten this concert, and so all are welcome uh, to attend. And Sophie, how are you two going to get together and get to know the sound in the space with this new instrument? Friday at 3 p.m. We're, we're meeting for the first time in the space. It's, all, it's actually always, it's lovely to actually have the opportunity to get into a space well before the concert because you, you rehearse in it, you get used to it. And then when you walk away from it and come back again, it, it's a bit like... Um, it's a bit like coming home. It has that feeling of familiarity, which is really nice, rather than trying to adjust very quickly to a new environment. We've just had a conversation with the Reverend Rebecca Barnes, rector of St. Luke's Episcopal Church, 
Wyoming Avenue in Scranton, and Sophie Till, Associate Professor of Violin and Viola at Marywood University. And they have been speaking with us about the very wonderful news that the church has received a 1994 Steinway Model B Grand Piano as a gift from generous donors, and that they will be able to dedicate the piano this Sunday, and we are all invited to attend. It's at 3 o'clock at the church, 232 Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. Violinist Sophie Till, our guest, and pianist Ron Stabinski will present a program of Mozart, Schubert, Schnitke, and Ravel, and the performance is free, thanks to another gift, a gift from a donor, and everyone is warmly welcome to attend. It's the Sunday coming up next, December 19th, at 3 in the afternoon at St. Luke's Episcopal Church, 232 Wyoming Avenue in Scranton. Sophie Till and Ron Stabinski will perform this work, the Fantasy for Violin and Piano in C Major, Torch Listing 934 of Schubert. Mozart, Schnitka, and Ravel as well. For more information on the web, stlukescranton.org, and there's no period after saint. It's just S-T-L-U-K-E-S-C-R-A-N-T-O-N dot org. stlukescranton.org.